Hi, it's Dennis. Hi, it's Steve. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How about you? Pretty good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to anyone listening. Happy decade. Yes, for sure. So we're starting off with a bang. Pardon the expression. I guess. I guess. It's interesting. You know, the, somebody once said um, probably 40, 50 years ago that more things happened in a decade today than happened in a century in the Middle Ages. And so maybe it's happy century. I don't know. Well, uh, it's hard to start a century at the 20 year mark, but, you know, it's uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm glad that we're in the uh, political year finally. Really? Why is that? Well, because if something's going to happen, now's the time. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I'm moderately uh, neutral to pessimistic about something happening. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, a few days ago, I might have differed with you, but I had people over for dinner this week, and uh, n- neither one of them, neither one of the, the men, was in the Trump demographic. And, uh, you know, they were college-educated, white, professional, and they voted for Trump. Well, go figure. Go so, figure. So speaking of, uh, of predicting the future, uh, we can go two ways with that. One is that we could talk about what we thought was important last year, or we could talk about what we think is going to happen this year. Yeah, I, I like. I, I would love to predict uh, 2019. I think I'd be pretty good at it. Okay, well, go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, you, uh, you know. Well, you, may... I, you know, I said I said Trump would be impeached by by Christmas. He was. I, I think we're done with the predictions. Okay, so 2020. What what do you think is going on? Uh, you know, not just politics, but uh, technology, uh, the enterprise, uh, the media uh, explosion that's going on in terms of streaming. What what's interesting to you about any of that? Well, lots, lots. I, you know, a lot of it's bleeding together, and I, I don't want to go deep on this, but uh, I was really bummed out to see Ivanka Trump is going to be in a keynote panel at CES. That makes no sense at all. Yeah, but that's the kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm not one of those that I enjoyed Comdex because it was more uh, an industry event. Uh, uh, CES always felt to me like, uh, you know, OK, it's going to be whatever the latest, biggest, noisiest TV th- there is. But, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to necessarily relate to the things that are uh, uh you know, more important in life. I agree. Um, I, 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 I've never been to any of those shows, so um, they're too broad, too general for me. So I don't really have a, a clear understanding or picture or, or prognostication. Um, I mean, somebody's going to have a show like that. If, if a show like that didn't exist, it would be invented uh, because it's a, it's a place for, people come together in a relatively cost-effective way to tout whatever the new whiz-bangs are. But what do you think the new whiz-bangs are? Well, um, I I would have to answer it a a little bit different. I'm I'm in the middle of reading a book by 
Harvard does, psychologist, business researcher named uh, Shoshana Zuboff. And the book is uh, The Surveillance Economy. And um, or the, age of, the Age of the Surveillance Economy, something like that. And, um, you know, what she talks about is, is kind of hair-raising. It, it's, it's basically something that I've been noodling around with, too. It's, it's that, you know, we had this great coming out party for the first 20 years of the, uh, 20 years of the 21st century coming out for, for technology and, and technology's here. And it's, it's kind of, I don't know if I can say this, but it's crapping all over us. And uh, if we're not careful, we're going to uh, find that we truly are. It's, it's servants instead of the other way around. No. Yeah, full stop. So I, I, I wonder, I mean, my immediate reaction to that is the one that I have to a lot of the, media discussions about uh, Facebook, etc. You know, clearly there's uh, a problem that needs to be addressed, but I, 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 it reminds me of the antitrust uh, actions in the, uh, uh, you know, when Microsoft was under the gun. Uh, and uh, my general assessment is similar to the one that uh, Benedict Evans uh, talks about in a recent uh, post, which is that it's not really the antitrust that broke up uh, Microsoft. And in fact, if you look at their stock price and, and where they are uh, economically, nobody broke up uh, Microsoft, including Microsoft. That's true. But, uh, you know, there was, you know, you can, you can try and measure uh, those antitrust uh, escapades. Uh, but what I think Bill Gates said at the time, which was, you know, that don't worry about it. There's, there'll be a company that comes along uh, that will disrupt us. And he was right about that. Uh, or it was the several companies, but it was basically, uh, they tried to stop uh, or slow down the impact of the web and they were unsuccessful at that. And they didn't own uh, the uh, they didn't own the the protocols basically that they had established for Windows. And then uh, mobile came along and completely wiped out their uh, monopoly, if you will, uh, because they uh, they tried again. They tried to head that off with. Uh, uh, you know, basically a, a slimmed down version of uh, Windows. And uh, Apple just came in with a, a reboot and uh, attacked a, a different group of players, namely the Nokias, and et cetera, of the world. And, uh, and Google basically second, uh, you know, fast followed them. Uh, with Android and Microsoft has nowhere to to be, and so the the 700 million uh, PCs that were sold uh, in some period of time are dwarfed now by the mobile uh, devices that are sold in the 2.5 billion, something like that. I'm not sure I'd agree with your premise, and uh, and I, I'm not I wouldn't agree with your your final 
conclusion. Um, starting with the conclusion first, um, I, I don't think I don't think Apple or Android or anybody else disrupted the PC market. I think the PC market reached its asymptote, and a, a totally new market for a new way of computing uh, evolved that in, includes handheld devices, Wi-Fi, and all that. I think that I think. Uh, those two things are uh, distinct, and I think uh, what I would agree with about what you just said is is that uh, Microsoft was was actually flat-footed and did not get into the wireless uh, market when it should have, and you know the result is the result. Yeah, I'm not sure they were flat-footed. Uh, if you uh, if you think in their shoes, a terrible. Uh analogy but uh there's not a a lot that you can do when you have tremendous assets like the uh, install base that they have uh to uh to morph over to uh a completely way new way of doing things i mean they're basically uh arguing with themselves uh yeah, yeah. you know so I, I don't think they did a bad job i don't think that they were blind uh, I just think that they uh, were not able to do something impossible. Well, I don't know if it was impossible. I think yeah, Microsoft had a phone and a, a Windows operating system for the phone, and it, it fell on its face. But I think I think all of this gets back to the premise that I uh, not sure I agree with, uh, which is which is the comparison between uh, Microsoft in the 1990s and the antitrust. Uh, work and today, I think I think the real comparison with today is is uh, 120 years ago with uh, Teddy Roosevelt and the the trustbusters and and the muckrakers and the uh, the decline of uh, the Gilded Age. I think I think right now uh, what we have to fear is is that uh, an oligopoly is set up uh, that will manage our information, not not necessarily. To our benefit, to the same way, in the same way that uh, oligopolies uh, ran our food distribution systems, and not in a very healthy way. I mean, you, you only need to think about how sausage is made. Upton Sinclair or Sinclair Lewis, I always get them mixed up. Uh, uh, for for that, um, you know, and, and if you need another example, the 1984 uh, AT&T consent decree. Um, which broke up the telephone monopoly and, and enabled a lot of uh, what we have, to, what we take for granted today in, in cellular service and wireless services. Uh, it emanates from there. Uh, so, so um, I, I think there is some trust busting that needs to go on in, in tech. It's not on the. It's not at the Microsoft level. It's at the uh, Google and Facebook and Amazon level. All right. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the Microsoft example just one more time to suggest that Microsoft uh, broke themselves up uh, essentially by failing to be able to move to a newer paradigm. That that it wasn't the government. The government may have put some pressure on them. Uh, their competitors may have put some pressure on them, but it was uh, the advent of what we now see as the cloud uh, that ultimately 
uh, they had to cave to. Uh, so if we're looking at the current uh, situation, uh, I mean, I take your point about uh, breaking up the bells, but the, uh, the problem I see with uh, breaking up the Facebooks and the et cetera is, is that they're not natural monopolies, first of all. They're uh, attained monopolies. They've attained a, a, a status uh, and a user base uh, that is unassailable. Oh, I don't agree. I think uh, they're as natural a monopoly as the phone system was. The, the value of the network is in how many, how many nodes are in the network. As we both know, that's Metcalf's law. Um, to, say, to say that uh, Facebook is not a natural monopoly, I think, flies in the face of that. I think, I think not only is Facebook a natural mo monopoly, but they've done things like acquiring Instagram and, and their other, other acquisitions that even further that point. I think, it, I think it's quite possible for Facebook to be uh, chopped up a little bit and, and uh, no one would be worse for wear. Well, I, I agree with you about the, uh, you know, the Instagram uh, purchase. And I also think that the WhatsApp uh, purpose, uh, you know, purchase was uh, extremely significant because it allows them to uh, move from a, uh, you know, sort of a web uh, mobile presence to a, uh, you know, where eyeballs are what counts. In other words, time on the site uh, counts to uh, one that goes behind the firewall of encryption, which I think is what the messaging environment creates. So uh, I wonder, first of all, how is anybody going to stop them from uh, achieving scale, which I think they already have with messaging? That's number one. And number two, uh, what you don't know, you can't deal with. I mean, who's going to give, uh, you know, the government either on either political party or whatever uh, the keys to, uh, you know, a backdoor for encryption? I don't think anybody's going to do that. Well, we've already seen with Apple that uh, Apple's not ready or willing to do that. And I, I get that. But I think, uh, I, 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 I think that... Uh, the government isn't really uh, the player here. I mean, the, 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 so far, these, these big multi-multi-billion dollar companies have evaded any kind of, of uh, government regulation. And I think uh, some regulation, and we've talked about this before, I think some regulation is necessary. In fact, it's overdue. And I think, uh, I think regulation can be done uh, with a light touch that doesn't... Uh, harm either the user, the consumer, or, or the vendor, but that uh, sets some, some ground rules for fair play. All right, so uh, prediction time. Who and or what is going to do that? Who or what is going to do that? Yeah, I mean, what entity, if it's not the government, what, what entity is it? Well, I think, I think the government has to do something like that, but I don't think the government... Has to be onerous or deeply involved. I think. Pardon. I didn't say anything. Oh, I got some crosstalk. Sorry. That's okay. 
I don't think I don't think government has to be deeply involved, and I don't think government has to be uh, onerous about it. I think uh, we've already got a model where uh, government uh, protects the interests of the individual in other areas that uh, uh, serves serves the industry quite well, serves the user quite well, and it uh, allows plenty of room for vendors to make a profit, and that is the the whole regimen of uh, certification and licensing that uh, you see in any kind of uh, significant professional service, whether it's uh, uh, plumbing or being an electrician or a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, a beautician, a barber. Uh, All of these these people have to uh, certify that they have a a base level of knowledge, a, a base level of knowledge that includes uh, some some at some amount some modicum of uh, training in the ethics of uh, their industry before they're allowed to uh, uh, touch the network and and to to make changes to it. So so in social media, I think uh, I think that'd be trivially easy to do. I don't think you or I using. Facebook or any of the, the other social media products should be uh, required to do anything other than what we're doing. But I think there should be a cap on uh, what we're allowed to do, maybe uh, a, a cap on how many uh, people we can broadcast to at, at one time. Um, I think uh, beyond that... Some... Oh, we, we've got that one figured out. <laughs> There's, you know, we're probably being heard by hundreds, possibly thousands of people. Uh, so we are, we're already capped. Or, or, or at least tens. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's variable. And uh, depending upon uh, uh, the decade, uh, it goes up or down. But, the, you know, the, I don't want to get off onto the power of micro uh, communities or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly uh, some of the value of uh, this sort of user-generated network uh, potential, uh, I think uh, will become uh, a source of uh, power uh, in, the, in this new economy, which reminds me about... And not uh, in a bad way, either. No, I, I think, uh, you know, a, a very, you know, sort of an electoral college model. I'm kidding. Oh, thank you, because I really dislike the <laughs> college. I figured you'd really. Uh... I, I was, I was jumping at that one. <laughs> Go ahead, knock yourself out. Yeah, it's a bright shot. I mean, that's one of the predictions that people make: is that the electoral college is going to go away. I, I think that that goes away at the peril of uh, getting into a TV economy, as you know, the political dynamic. Well, I tell you what, uh, I, I think I want to agree with you on part of this, because if anything, the, the uh, electorate has shown um, an un, unfathomable or un, a, a very deep well of stupidity uh, in, in the way they vote, in the way they, uh, they select their leaders. Uh, so some, some modicum of... of uh, of uh, fear and uncertainty and doubt should be added into any conversation about the electoral college. However, however, um, the the thing that's missing from the the EC is any kind of um, um, 
fail-safe, any kind of ability to override um, what, uh, what the, the, the outcome of the vote was by any state. And that is the purpose of the Electoral College. The Electoral College is supposed to be the, the place where the passions of, of the state election uh, cool off and, and saner heads um, vote for, for the president. That didn't happen last time. It very rarely happens anymore. Uh, so anyone, anyone nominated to uh, serve as an, as an elector uh, is only, only nominated if it's absolutely certain that uh, they know that we know how their, how their votes are going to go. Uh, it would have been it would have been trivial for a few people to change sides uh, in the last election. That didn't happen. And yeah, but that's that's the province of the wishful thinker. I mean, you know, the the, the media talking about which, which four senators are going to flip in order to allow uh, a modicum of of shameless uh, trial uh, in the impeachment. Uh, I mean, there aren't going to be four. There's going to be two or three, and there's not going to be enough. And uh, you know, McConnell's going to get what McConnell wants. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think there's going to be a trial. Well, you mean Nancy's just going to keep the uh, papers in her desk indefinitely? I think, I think the politicians, knowing what a hot issue this is, don't want to deal with it, and they have engineered a stalemate. Mm. So your prediction is no prediction on uh, because there's not going to be a vote. My prediction is there won't be a vote and Donald Trump will be the first uh, sitting president to run for re-election under the cloud of an indictment. Well, impeachment. Okay, so uh, at the risk of trying to pivot back to our uh you know, predictive technology discussion. Yeah, I know you do that. Sorry? I want to see you do that. Oh, I can do it. It's okay. just, you know, I, I won't be impressing myself, so it, it will come across uh, as false. Well, you'll be impressing me. No, no, it won't be because uh, I, I consider you to be, uh, you know, an equal. At, at at best, a uh, 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 superior at you know obviously, so uh, I, I I'm not going to be able to convince you of the elegance of my transition. So I, you know, the the best I can do is to say, well, we can talk about that, or we can talk about TV, and I don't think you want to talk about TV. Hey, I watched The Crown, and um, I watched Modern Love, and I forget what else. We watched, but you know, I'm I'm getting into the TV thing. Wow, that is I could feel that coming. I don't know why. Yeah, and I don't uh, follow the, the crown. Is, the crown is just perfect uh, uh, entry point to this discussion because uh, it's built on the economic model of Netflix. In other words, there has to be a large enough audience and a large amount of data sufficient. Uh, to spend the kind of money that they did in order to actually make this thing feel like it was history, which oh, it does. Interesting. Yeah, but, you know, I was thinking the other day, it's not really history so much because uh, it, it's, it's really a soap opera where 
where somehow the queen comes shining through at the end of the, each episode and for her sagacity and wisdom. Well, I mean, she's been able to keep her, her son uh, as, you know, uh, waiting for the day that will never come for a hundred years or so. So uh, I don't put a pastor in. I, I, I see elegantly, uh, as I'm not, uh, pivoting to Nancy, who is the, uh, the queen of uh, our country. You're not pivoting to Nancy, okay? I am. I just okay. did it. Oh, you are. I see. What What about Nancy? I think she's done a hell of well, a job. Yeah, I think that she's a, a ray of sunshine uh, and hope. Uh, so how do you think that that predictively is going to occur? Uh, what is she going to accomplish uh, in 2020? Um, she's going to she's going to protect her members in the House and uh, she's going to be instrumental in flipping the Senate and maybe the White House. So you think that, the, I mean, I know your thoughts about flipping the Senate, but uh, in the dark days of January, it just seems like so far off uh, when uh, Susan Collins uh, of Maine uh, proves that she can sound like a duck and walk like a duck and act like a duck, but she's not a duck. Well, you know, there's a lot of duck hunters in Maine. Well, you know what I'm saying? She's, uh, if you parse every word that she says, uh, it comes down to not ruling out the possibility that she will do what she did with Kavanaugh and just completely uh, collapse into uh, uh, Republican uh, tautology. You are totally correct on that. I, I, you can see it. She, she's, she's, She's trying to find artful ways to straddle the fence, and she's not very good at it. And I think she's, I think she's past her sell-by date. Well, we'll see. But uh, if you multiply that by what is it, twenty open seats? Twenty-two. Uh, right. You, I mean, these things—they all look possible right up until the day of the vote, and then all of a sudden uh, they collapse into this divided government scenario. That's why we have elections, my friend. I mean, uh, in last year or two years ago now, uh, in 2018, uh, it, it it looked like a real stretch to uh, uh, for the Democrats to regain the House, yet they did it. They did it uh, based on uh, good strategy around pocketbook issues and attracting uh, uh, suburban voters, especially women, and it worked. And... Um, I suspect uh, that a, 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 a bit of a different strategy will work again uh, this time in the Senate. And I think the difference in the strategy is, is that anybody running for Senate on the, on the blue side is, is going to hang impeachment around the neck of uh, their incumbent opponent. Uh, they're, they're going to say, uh, oh, you know, this guy is part of that corrupt cabal that couldn't even have an honest trial. Why do we want to vote for this guy? So, so getting back to your prediction thing, Pelosi's job this year is to uh, get as many Republicans to uh, go on the record to commit themselves as possible before the election. And you think that that's going to be successful? 
Yeah, I do. I think the Dems need what four or five seats in order to do uh, what? Uh, in order to be able to? Oh, I see. In order oh, to flip the Senate. Flip the Senate. Okay. Well, I think that that's a horse race. Uh, the rest of it, I think, is not going to happen. Uh, Define uh, rest of it. I did. I. I I'm. Well, like, uh, who's going to win the presidency? I, uh, let's talk about the Democrats for a second. Oh, I don't know who's running. As long as it's not Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard. I, I don't think that there's much risk of that. Yeah, she raised some money. Well, so did uh, everybody. Uh, you know, if you add up all the Democrats uh, uh, and then you've got Trump, Trump had 46 million and the Democrats have like, I don't know, 80. Yeah, it's a, it's a significant amount. Right, but the, that is the problem, which is that uh, how do you winnow it down so that it's one Democrat winning, getting more money than Trump? Well, you know, you know as well as I do that as as a race goes on, uh, positions harden, and no, no no amount of money that you dump into paid political advertising is going to change uh, people's people's outlook and opinions. So. Uh, despite the fact that a lot of people have a lot of money, <clears throat> I'm not optimistic that you'll have a field of even five people um, after Super Tuesday. I think Super Tuesday is 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 it. You might you might have some people who don't uh, score well, like Bloomberg, if he doesn't score well, uh, continue continue to soldier on because he's you know he's just burning burning money and he's got money to burn. Right, I, I I think that his uh, significance is uh, is great uh, because of what he does to the race in general, whether or not it's him that comes out with uh, the prize uh, uh, is uh, the subject of a prediction, not of a analysis. But I, I totally definitely agree. say totally agree. The only guy that I'm sure isn't going to come out with the nomination is. Julian Castro. Uh, well, you know, if if there's a big turnaround uh, and suddenly the, the only the people that have dropped out uh, have a chance, but uh, I, I take your point. You know, I agree with you. I I, I find it really uh, interesting to see uh, what is that? I'm sorry, my cat. My cat is on the desk. Oh, okay. It sounds like scratching at uh, uh, large amounts of paper. Yeah, yeah, it's a messy desk. But please go on. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was kind of saved by the bell there. I was about to deliver a semi-interesting uh, prediction, which is that I think that after Super Tuesday, we will see the beginning of the race, not the end. Yeah, that's that's quite possible. Um, it's going to be fast and furious. I think we'll see. I think we'll see a, a different phase of the race. Maybe that's how I, I think I'd put it. Well, um, all the candidates are going to be in play at that point. I don't think that uh, uh, that uh, Bloomberg is going to be in play until then, if he is in play at all. But I think that. Uh, You've alluded to this when you talk about the women uh, vote and their political influence as it was felt in 2018. 
manifesting itself in 2020, uh, the question is, is where does that occur? And is it the in the Electoral College? Because if it's not, then who cares? I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. I, uh, I would say, on a slightly different topic, I've been, I've been fascinated by, by how many people who are not in leadership positions in, in the race um, sort, of, sort of complain about the rules and complain about the fact that uh, they're being winnowed out. Yet, we all know that we're in a, a, an election process and uh, in elections, uh, candidates get winnowed out until there's one survivor and that, that survivor's the winner. Um, just, just, I guess it's just an anecdote. Yeah, I, I, I find myself uh, listening to the complaints about diversity uh, falling kind of flat in the sense that uh, the, the impact of diversity in this election is enormous. Uh, already, I mean, we've got, as he calls himself, this gay dude, uh, you know, in a, a a pretty good position to l- win at least one primary or a caucus. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, and we've got, you know, as somebody else pointed out, uh, uh, people of color. Uh, if you look at it on the candidate side, clearly. Uh, they're being winnowed out of at least the uh, debate process, but on the Steve, can I put you on hold for a second? Sure. I'm on a call. What's up? No, why don't you come in? I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay, sorry to be away. Uh, I'm trying to pick an edit point there, uh, but the the people that are. Uh, in play in terms of uh, diversity are the voters and, and, you know, and they all are in play because they don't necessarily vote according to uh, uh, race or gender or any of those particular uh, uh, subsections. They seem to vote. I mean, like, for example, it's, it seems to me that, uh, the you know the issue in South Carolina that's going to be interesting is who does vote for somebody other uh, than Biden? Is this a uh, is this just a vote that reflects uh, past name recognition, or is there going to be some signal that comes out of that electorate uh, from uh, you know forty percent of the uh, Democratic vote? Uh, that suggests who else might have some staying power or the potential for growing into uh, uh, a substantial role. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. Uh, if I was to, to state it from my perspective, it would be, is this, is this race representative of the nation or is it a one-off? And to an extent, you can say that every state primary is a one-off. However, um, there is some, after a while, there, there gets to be some directionality to, uh, you know, to the results and who wins. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you know the. So I think I think that what we may be uh, veering somewhat closer to a prediction about is what is the dynamic that is going to be ultimately uh, uh, predictive uh, in this uh, Democratic primary and then in the uh, general election, which is uh, is if it's not going to be. Uh, impeachment or this or that it what is it going to be what is it that's going to uh arrive at an outcome which is better than 2016 essentially whether trump wins or loses what is it that uh you know if trump wins then we are <coughs> concerned about 2024 well we, we certainly are um Excuse me. Uh, I, I could offer you one thing uh, just in the news today, which is uh, Trump's approach to uh, Iran. And uh, if that goes to hell in a handbasket, I think Trump's got some serious explaining to do. You mean like uh, uh, North Korea and every other uh, initiative that he has that isn't based on tariffs? Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, you bring up a good point about uh, North Korea. Uh, neither North Korea nor uh, Iran is playing out according to his play playbook. Uh, in North Korea's side, he's decided to be uh, Mr. Generous and Magnanimous, and he's not getting anything he wants that way. And uh, in Iran, he's trying to be the ultimate hard-ass, and he's being met with uh, significant... Uh, resistance from from those folks, so he's not getting his way either way, and it's making him look like he doesn't have a uh, a theory of the case, a, a way to to run foreign policy, uh, and it makes him look like he doesn't know what he's doing. Period. As as president of the United States, which but do but does enough of a coalition uh, care about what whether the president knows what he's doing or not? Another wonderful question. Um, we, 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 in this, we kind of all have to operate like the straight man, uh, the straight man who says, well, of course they do. This is our democracy. This is America. But your point's well taken. There are a lot of people that uh, either don't care or they have incredibly parochial reasons for um, the decisions that they make in the voting booth and times leading up to that. All right. Well, uh, that's about as close as I think we're going to get to a, a prediction. Uh, and it's already too close to uh, sounding like Trump wins. For me. I would never say that. No, 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 I will not. I will not grant. I will but give you after that your point. dinner party of a couple of nights ago, you know, you're veering quite close to it. Now, all I'm, all I'm thinking is that um, there, there's still more people out in America that um, want to see him replaced than want to uh, give him four more years on the lease. Okay, so uh, what's the chance of anything happening significant uh, with uh, fake news and uh, Facebook uh, before the election? Ooh, oh, that's, an that's a very interesting question. I think, I think Facebook has to be on its best behavior because... Uh, if there's if there's one more hacking scandal, if there's one more 
uh, Russian interference scandal or anything like that. Um, I think Facebook is toast and um, toast. Facebook won't go away. Two billion users. I mean, come on. Facebook won't go away, but Facebook is going to be on the block for uh, uh, receiving some some admonishment and some regulation. No doubt about it. But by the election, I don't think so. No, I don't. I I don't think that's true either. I think uh, I think the results. The re- I think uh, we're going to have to wait till after the election to see anything significant happen on the regulatory front in social media. However, the wait could be prolonged if uh, if Trump wins the uh, the White House a second time. All right. Well. Uh... I think we've arrived at a, a good place to stop before we get either depressed or irrationally uh, exuberant. I, I think you're right. I, um, I don't want to go much further than that either because for, for all the reasons you say. And uh, I'm concerned about I'm concerned about uh, the psyches of everybody who's listening to this. I know they are delicate flowers. They are. Well, All right, they're hardy too in some ways. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'm, uh, that is being tested on a daily basis. Uh, you know that better than me. Well, you know, just try looking into uh, McConnell's soul. It's lost you for a second because I'm... that's it was a good place. Okay. All right, Dennis Pomprian, thank you, sir. Steve Gilmore, have a great day. Thank you. <laughs>